reiterate, if you are here this morning and um, you know of God, you've heard of God, but, but you don't know Him, you've never tasted of Him, I just want you to know that you're able to do that. If you're here this morning and you've tasted of God, you want others to taste Him. <laughs> because it has dramatically saved you and changed you. And there are people around you that you care about and, and you see what they're going through and they're just totally out in the darkness and you're just like, I want you to know what I know. But you need to know the enemy doesn't want you doing that. And so the enemy wants you walking in such unrest that you are unable to genuinely share your experience with the Lord with others. This morning we're going to look at a scripture that talks about um, sharing what you've tasted in the Lord with others. But before we get to that part of the Scripture, it's really going to talk about how we live it out in such a way that the people around you look at you and say, I want some of that. And i got to tell you, it's a battle because... As I look in my life, I find that the enemy doesn't want me living in peace. He wants me walking in such unrest that I'm just, uh, I'm so scattered that first of all, no one would, would want, you know, uh, anything that I would have, and, and I'm not concerned about it because I'm just, I'm focused on all these other things. You know, in my short lifetime, I've, I, when you look at history, this is not true, but it, just in my short lifetime, when I look at our culture, I've never seen it in such an unstable place uh, in my short lifetime. And as I look around, I see so much unrest going on. But we also see hungry people. As many of you have heard, there's a revival going on in Kentucky. And people are traveling from all over. Why? Because many of them want to taste of the Lord. They, they, they want that peace that comes from the Lord. There's an unrest inside of them. But i got to tell you something, you don't have to go to Kentucky to find that. It's in the Lord and it's anywhere. The Lord is everywhere. And I want you to hear this, if you are someone that has tasted of the Lord, you are someone who is able to give that to others. You don't need to tell them, oh, well, go talk to my preacher. You don't need to do that. Because all you need to do is share what you have tasted in the Lord. But how do we do that? Well, one of the first things that we've got to do is we've just got to genuinely abide in Jesus and just walk with Him. And then when we're doing that, we're going to live in peace. How do we do that? That's what I want to look at this morning in the Scripture we're going to be in, which is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8-17. through 17. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. If you don't have a Bible with you, it's going to be up on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 3, um, Peter is writing to believers and, and he's giving them some direction here. And he says in verse 8, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with others. Love others 
I love want each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. The enemy does not want you walking in peace. When you abide in Jesus, you have peace. It does not matter what is going on around you. Doesn't matter. You can abide in Jesus and you can know peace no matter what's going on around you. Now, at the same time, let's say there's peace going on around you. Let's say everything is peaceful. You can be in the middle of absolute turmoil and unrest even though there is peace all around you. Why? Because peace comes from abiding in Jesus. What does that mean to abide in Jesus? Well, and what are some ways that the enemy tries to pull you out of abiding in Jesus? Because I find I really have to work for this or, or fight for this living in peace. Now, here's what I mean by that. Again, it comes from abiding in Jesus. I don't produce it. I don't have to produce it. All I have to do is surrender myself and abide in the Lord, and that's it. But here's the thing about life. <laughs> life is constantly throwing things at you that you um, are not ready for, and suddenly you find your heart getting in some kind of turmoil, and your peace is headed south. And so when I say you've got to fight for it, here's what I mean. Notice that that scripture says, all of you should be of one mind. Now I'm going to tell you a little secret. You think differently than the person next to you. I know, I know it's, it's groundbreaking, but it's true. You think different than the person next to you. Now, we're not a large group, but, you know, we've got a few people in here. Think about all the different opinions and mindsets that are in here right now. And yet, he says, be of one mind. How is that possible? Well, first of all, it's only possible when we're looking to the Lord. That, that, that's where we got to go to. We got to look to the Lord because I want you to know something. Your opinions are not all uh, truth. Your opinions do not match all of Scripture. And so we've got to look to the Lord. We've got to look to Scripture. And when Scripture is different than my opinion, guess what? My opinion is wrong. I, I, I've got to go there. But then beyond that, we have just different personalities. The people, if you're married, your, your spouse has a different personality. The people that you work with, your family, they, they, they have different ways of approaching things and so on. It's, it's vastly different. So here's what you've got to know. First of all, you've got to work at it. Know that. It's not going to just happen, okay? I, uh, I, I, I love my wife incredibly, but you know what? She thinks absolutely different than I do on like almost everything. Like everything she approaches differently. And here's what I find. If I don't slow myself down and purposely try to love her, I will get mad. Like at first thing in the morning, when I wake up, I want everything nice and peaceful. I don't want anything coming at me. I, I just, I, I want the lights dim. I, I just, I want to slowly work into the day. My wife, I mean, that's how she wakes up. 
Lights are on bright. What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? And it's like, <laughs> you know, my anxiety's rising to the top. But you know what? I understand that she's just wired differently. And it's okay. And I can love her. But I've got to work at it. I've got to change my mindset. And it's the difference between walking in peace and walking in this frustration. If you are waiting for everybody to start acting just like you before you have peace, not going to happen. Now, notice a few other things that it talks about here. Sympathize with each other. Sympathize with each other. How do you sympathize with one another? Well, here's the big key to that. First of all, you've got to stop thinking about yourself for just a second. You've got to stop it. And that's, that's where we naturally go. I'm constantly thinking about myself. Anything that happens around me, I naturally think, how does this affect Kirk? That's just where I go. I've got to stop for a second. And when someone is acting differently than me, when somebody is doing something that's maybe irritating me, I got to stop and I got to say, huh, I wonder why they're doing that. What's going on with them and in their life? And then you know what I've got to do? I might have to do some research. I might have to get to know them. Instead of going up and getting in their face and attacking, I might have to go and have a conversation with them and get to know them. But you know what that means? It means slowing the flesh down long enough to do that, to go talk to someone. And it means also what that also said just a little later, be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. I automatically assume that my opinions are right. Anybody else relate to that? I, I mean, I just, I automatically assume that. I automatically assume that I am seeing things clearly, others are not, and I need to straighten them out. That gets me into a lot of trouble. I have to stop myself and I have to slow myself down and I have to say, what's going on here? Now, here's the thing though. That is not my natural personality. It's not my flesh and it's not my natural personality. Um, you know, some of you um, are not maybe confronters. Maybe you deal with things more passively aggressive and that, and that kind of thing. But, but my natural personality is that if somebody confronts me, bam, I'm going to get in somebody's face. That's, that's, that's where I go. Well, guess what? If I'm that person and I'm always pushing my will wherever, are people going to be coming up to me and saying, you know, Kirk, you just seem to really abide with Jesus and I'd really like to get to know how you're doing that. Probably not. And so God keeps showing me how to back up and it's a really rough lesson. And when I seem to get it down in this area, like something else pops up. You know, I can remember in younger years, in beginning to drive and so on, it, it kind of caught me off guard. You hear about road rage, and I've shared some of this with some of you before, but when I was a younger person, I, that caught me off guard. 
I would suddenly get into these crazy road rage incidences, and afterwards I realized I was fully prepared to die to, to show them that you will not push me around. I mean, I, I was fully prepared. I didn't care. And I'm kind of like, that's kind of crazy. Why am I doing that when somebody cut me off and was just a little rude? What's going on with that, Lord? And so the Lord began to show me some things in my heart and so on, and I had to start thinking about other people and what maybe was going on through them. And the Lord's giving me a measure of deliverance from that, okay? I'm not out there going through road rage incidences, okay? Now, are there things that spark up into me and I got to like, woo, yes, okay, That's, it's, it's who I am. But, but as I live life, there continues to be these things that pop up where I've got to learn, okay, I can't just, you know, walk this out. Okay, for those of you who are around me right now, one of the things I'm going through. When I was younger and my kids were little, before they were in sports, uh, I did some coaching. You know, when I coached, I can't remember a single time that I was irritated at a referee or anything like that. I, I just, you know, I just told the players to work through things and, and we just did it. Then suddenly my kids became older and, and they're playing. And suddenly I see things that spark something inside of me that turns me into a crazy person. And I'm just ready to, you know, get revenge or something like that. Well, guess what? Once again, if I'm going to be abiding in Christ and people are going to come to me and say, you know, I want some of that, they're probably not going to do that if they see those things coming out of me, right? So how do I get beyond that? Well, I've got to learn what this is kind of saying here. I've got to begin to sympathize with others. I've got to try and learn what's going on with them and so on. And also in the midst of that, I've got to trust God. I've got to trust God with my life, that he's working all things out for the good of those who love him. But it takes slowing myself down to a place where that can begin to happen. And again, am I there? Those of you who know me, no. I, I'm, I'm in the middle of this process of working it out. But I'm sharing it with you now because I don't think I'm the only one. I think that many of us go through this. And, and we know God, and we want others to know Him, but we're also going through these other things that the enemy's trying to use so that we can't display abiding in Christ to other people. Number nine, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Are you kidding me? Has this guy never been in a place where someone's getting in his face? This is Peter. Yes, he has. Peter is the guy who swung the sword when they came after Jesus. Peter, I can relate to him, okay? Peter's the guy who's going to react. He's not going to just back away. I'm that guy. <laughs> and I can get stirred up fast. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's what God has shown me. When I choose to abide in the Lord, this is possible. And here's why it's possible. Because it's not me, it's the Lord. 
But many times, here's what it takes. It takes, again, stepping back and asking the Lord to do a work in my heart. And when I will just stop, instead of reacting, if I will just stop, many times the Lord can do something. Now, it's not always instantaneous. It may take days. It may take weeks. I'll be walking around not talking much because I'm thinking about this one thing over and over and over again. But here's what God's shown me. God's shown me he's able to bring deliverance and he's able, I, I've seen him do this in this guy. I've seen him in me, it's like I'm in another body or something, walk up to someone who I was having visuals of, of just hurting and blessing them. Blessing. Speaking blessing to them. That is a game changer. One of the things that was said in our Sunday school this morning is that many times people do um, things to others, acts of you know, violence, insults, all that kind of stuff, because they don't feel loved. That's oftentimes the root of it. They don't feel loved. So when that person across from you is being absolutely rude and you, know, you just want to smack them or something like that, they probably don't feel loved. What if you, a person that they're insulting, could speak love to them? That's some powerful stuff. Yeah, that's some powerful stuff when suddenly someone, and you know you don't deserve it, and you can tell they're genuinely looking at you and they're genuinely expressing love. Now, does that mean that they're going to return it? No, it doesn't. But I'll tell you what, that is powerful stuff. That is powerful stuff that has the ability to absolutely change things. But you know what doesn't change things? When somebody's insulting you and you start throwing it back, is that going to change their heart? Is that going to uh, express Jesus to them? Absolutely not. But here, here's part of what happens. We get into this place where we think that we are God's hand of justice and we're going to straighten things out. And so we're going to, you know, instead of telling people the truth and love, we're going to tell it to them in a way that just, you know, lets them have it. We're, we're the arm of social justice, whatever it is. And we see that all around us. That's not changing anyone. What that's doing is just stirring up these great divides and it's, it's not changing anyone. And I go there and I totally understand it. My flesh goes there quickly. But what God is showing me is there's a different way and it's the way He's going to change things and the way He's going to change people. But I've got to lay down my pride long enough to be open to it. Instead of just opening my mouth, just to slow down so that God can then begin to use me to actually change people. Now he goes on and he says, um, that is what God, this is the second part of verse 9, that is what God has called you to do and he will grant you his blessing. He will grant you his blessing. You ever feel like, oh, life's just against me. You know, every time I turn around, there's something bad happening. Well, here's part of the problem. There are bad things that are constantly happening around us. 
But when I take a bad thing and I react negatively to it, I get mad and I start kicking things and I start insulting people and so on. You know what happens from that? It produces more bad things, which produce more bad things. And the next thing you know, I've got all these people around. Nobody likes me because I'm just mad at everybody and I just walk around angry. And then on top of that, I have the regular negative things that happen. And so I just get in this place where I'm like, oh, God doesn't love me and life is awful. I I mean, seriously, I've been there. I know what that's like. But when you stop and you begin to say, okay, God, I don't think I can do this, but I'm going to slow down and I want you to work through me. And we bring ourselves to a place where God blesses a person that's insulted us. I tell you what, you will break strongholds with that kind of stuff. Not only in other people, but yourself. And what's going to happen from that is blessing. Are you still going to have trials? Absolutely, you're going to have trials constantly. But there's going to be blessing in the midst of that so that suddenly, instead of you feeling like life is all negative and you're mad all the time, God is going to bring about blessing. Then what's going to happen? Well, then people are going to begin to look at you and say, huh, what's what's going on there? What's that about? Verse 10 says this. The scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life, and see many happy days. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to enjoy life and see many happy days? I want that. How does it happen? Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Our tongue gets us into a lot of problems. You know, we want to focus on negative things. We want to just talk about it over and over and over again. And what does that do? It takes away joy. It takes away peace. Do we ignore uh, things that are wrong? Absolutely not. But we seek the Lord and how to address them. Because when we confront them, we want to confront them with truth and love and not trying to tear others down just because, you know, we don't like them for some reason or another. Verse 11, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace. Search for it. Okay. Again, it comes from abiding in Jesus, but the way we find it is we don't just react to everything that's coming at us in the the world. We slow down and work to maintain it. Because here's the deal. Here's what I find in relationships. I mean, you know, being here uh, 19 years, I've got numerous relationships that have spanned quite a while. Uh, Obviously, my relationship with my wife is even longer than that. I have found every one of those relationships you got to work at. Every one of them. Because you're going to hit a point where uh, whoever it is who who you're walking through life with, you are going to think very differently about something. And you got to work at it you got to decide, is this something that the Lord is saying should absolutely separate us? Or is this something the Lord is saying, you can still walk with them. You've got to work to maintain it. So if you're just, you know, if you're sitting around and you're like, man, I really wish God would just bless me with several friends. Why don't I just have numerous friends? You're going to have to work at it. It is not going to just happen. You, you've probably heard before, if, if you want a friend, you've got to be a friend. 
That's, that's the mindset that I've got to take. I've got to love other people around me and not just wait for God to drop people in my life that are only going to think about me and agree with me on everything. It's not going to happen. Verse 12, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and His ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns His face against those who do evil. If I'm sitting around in my mind plotting how I can get back at somebody who's done something to me, and then I'm asking the Lord to bless me in something, guess what? There's a serious conflict here. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't give grace and all that kind of thing. That's, that's not the point. But I'm just saying, if I'm living in that, and that's the place that I'm usually in, I am simply not going to receive peace and joy and, and these things that I'm seeking the Lord for. He's sitting over here saying, son, daughter, I'm waiting on you to listen to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you some direction here and you're completely shutting me out. It goes hand in hand. All right, now 13 says this. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, because the answer is some people will. Okay? It's true. Some people will. It's not going to you know, get you uh, an easy life all the time. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, listen to this, God will reward you for it. So what do I have to lose? If I stop myself from just retaliating and I choose to be a vessel of God and I bless someone and it still doesn't change anything in them, they're still just the biggest, the same jerk they were before, guess what? God says, but I'm going to reward you for it. So what do I have to lose? So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Now, I want to I focus on that for a second. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Right now, in our culture, uh, we're seeing stirrings of people moving towards the Lord. But at the same time, we're also seeing another part of the culture that has become increasingly, increasingly outspoken against those who would follow Jesus. And they're threatening. They're threatening to make your life difficult uh, in numerous ways. And you can sit around and you can worry about that. And you can be like, oh, you know, this, this culture we're living in, boy, it's getting dark. And, and you start, you know, just your anxiety just starts rising and you start spending all your time thinking about, oh, this is going to get worse and worse and what am I going to do and so on. And here's what God's saying to you in the midst of that, if, you're, if you've been in that place. Stop it and worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Because that, that, that's one of, the, one of the places we go and one of the places where we can become uh, frustrated, extra frustrated with people around us. When I'm walking around in anxiety because I'm, I'm just, I'm flat out scared about what tomorrow's going to bring, I, I start getting irritated really easily with other people. How do I overcome that? It's not through scheming about how you're, you know, you're going to be prepared for every possible scenario that could happen. You know, if the power grid goes out or an army comes marching in or all of a sudden there's a food, you know, I'm not saying don't plan for things. It's not what I'm saying. But when I'm focused on that and I'm just constantly thinking about that, guess what? I'm going to be an irritable person. 
But what's God say? He says, worship him. So even when things are looking like chaos all around, you're worshiping the Lord. Guess what? You're going to be walking in a place of peace and all these other people that are just, you know, they're just frazzled all the time and they're looking at you and they're like, what's your problem? Why are you so peaceful? Are you not aware of all the stuff that's going on around you? I mean, any social media outlet, you, you look at this, there, there's, there's just this fear-mongering all around, okay? And are, are there bad stuff happening? Absolutely, all around us. It, it, it's ugly. It is. But you know what? I don't have to live in a place of anxiety and, and whatever. Uh, um, I, I can keep my eyes on the Lord. Does that mean my life's going to be easy? No. But here's the deal. I can walk in peace no matter what's going on around me. I can do it. Do I choose it every day? I'll be honest with you, I don't. I, I, it comes out of nowhere, you know, I'll be walking along and I'll see something that reminds me of someone or something and I just start thinking about it and next thing you know, I'm off in this negative place. I, I, I do it. But here's what the Lord shows me. The Lord shows me if I will just stop it and I will focus on him, he will take me to a place of peace. What's going to happen from that? Well, here's what's going to happen and here's the cool part. In the second part of 15, it says, And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. 16, but do it in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people, at, people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Now, first of all, um, you're not going to see this in a you know, person who is not really abiding in Christ. You know, maybe they've got beliefs about God that are somewhat accurate, but when they're not abiding in Christ, they're not going to be a person who is sympathizing with others. They're not going to be a person um, who is uh, not just reacting out of their flesh. And so they're not going to be a person that others around them are like, you know, I, I got to know, how is it that you're walking in this peace? And so, you know, when they read scripture and they hear about sharing their faith, what do they got to do? They got to come up with like some sales scheme to try and share their faith because nobody's coming up and asking them. You know, I mean, if you have something that people want, you don't have to do a lot of advertisement. People are just going to come to you and like, where'd you get that? I want one of those. But when you have something that people really don't want, guess what? You got to do a ton of advertising. Let me share something with you. If you genuinely abide in Christ, genuinely abide in Christ, people are literally going to be asking you, what, what's going on? How are you able to do this? Now, I want to share a couple things at this point. And I, I, heard, I heard this. This was good on, a, on a pa another podcast I was listening to this week. Um, you know, we're called to be salt and light in the world. Too much salt and too much light is not a good thing, okay? What does that mean? Well, notice when it talks about sharing your faith here, it says to do it in a gentle and respectful way. I shared earlier when I first get up, I want the lights to slowly go up, okay? Nobody wants, you know, a huge spotlight, boom, waking you up in the morning and you're like, ah, it's too much, 
Well, guess what? Sometimes when it comes to speaking light into someone's life, even though they're an absolute wreck, you don't need to tell them everything that's wrong all at once. Maybe you just need to point them to Jesus and say, you know what? No matter what, He can take care of it and He will love you instead of pouring it on. You see what I'm saying? Salt. A little bit of salt on your food. Good stuff. Some of you have heard this story before, but uh, for whatever reason, my mom, she has this huge jar of salt at her house. Well, one day, my wife was making Kool-Aid at a family gathering. She sees the big jar, she sees some white stuff, and she says, oh, sugar, and begins dumping it in the Kool-Aid. Well, then takes a taste, and it's like, whoa, nobody wants any of that, right? Well, the same thing with salt. You know, are we called to share truth? Absolutely. But do you, once again, need to share everything all at once so that somebody feels so overwhelmed, they're like, ah, I don't want any of that. No. You hear what I'm saying? So here's, here's what we're doing. We're seeking to abide in Christ in our own life, walk in peace, and then when somebody comes up to us and says, you know, what's going on? What, what, or, you know, I'm in this difficult situation. And you know they need the Lord. You know they need the Lord. Well, don't just like tackle them and just, just simply start pointing them. And, and maybe it doesn't all happen right then, but you begin pointing, okay? And they start thinking about it more and more. I'm sharing this so that we will get rid of this pressure that I think the enemy tries to bring sometimes of what it is to share the Lord. It should be the most natural thing we do because all we're doing is sharing something that we experience every day. We're telling them about someone that we know and talk to on a regular basis. That's it. Are you expected to have all the answers? Well, if you are, then you're God because God's the only one with all the answers. If you say to yourself, I don't know, go ask the preacher. Well, you know what? If somebody asks you something you don't know, say, I don't know. Let's, let's look into that. You know, sometimes uh, in my other job, uh, people think that I know every single uh, 10 million laws that have been created in this state that we live in and are constantly changing. But here, here's a secret. I don't. Sometimes I have to look things up. And even as a pastor, uh, somebody who studies the word, walks the Lord, I, I don't even begin to know it all. Okay, uh, The more I walk with the Lord, I'm changing things that I thought I knew the more I read the word. So here's what I'm saying. It's okay. All you're expected to do is point someone to the Lord. But that's not going to happen if I'm living for myself. And I'm not slowing down and seeking to abide in Jesus. And why would you want to do that? Because that's how you're going to have joy and happiness in life. If you're in a place right now where you're just, in life, you're just feeling generally discouraged and frustrated and so on, you're probably not walking this out. 
You're probably just going with whatever your flesh is pulling you towards. And what I'm saying is there's a different path. And again, I've experienced the path. <laughs> and there are many days I don't because I just, I let my flesh take me. Something comes out of nowhere that I didn't see coming. And, and I, I've just, I, I've learned I've got to trust the Lord. Last thing I'll share with you just with about this. I shared a few weeks ago how I was just really, you know, frustrated. I went out and found this cow and, you know, there's this calf that isn't all the way out and it's dead and, you know, I, I'm super, I'm just frustrated. I'm having to pull out this dead calf. And then afterwards, you know, we're trying to get the mom up and she's not wanting to get up. And so, you know, we, we're, we're helping her out and all this and we do all these things for weeks. Well, guess what? She never gets up. And, and I, I got to put her down because she's in absolute pain. She can't get up. And, and I'm just like... I know that sounds, you know, it's, it's an animal, okay, I, you know, it's not my kid or something, but still, I'm just like, God, why, why? And then these last few weeks, um, we've got four calves that are on the ground now. This morning, I walked out and just looked out my window, and I saw another one, no problems whatsoever, and, and, and there, there was this other cow that should have definitely had problems compared to the one that did, but it didn't. It just, God just provided and so on. And it just showed me once again, these things come at me and I want to be like, God, are you even there? You know, sometimes the silliest things can get us there. But when we trust the Lord and we just keep walking, I find that God brings blessings. But if we get on that train and we take the bait that the enemy wants to give us and we become angry, bitter people, it, it, it gets ugly and uglier and uglier and uglier. It's trusting in the Lord. And when you trust in the Lord, you're going to live in some joy and peace and others are going to want a part of that. That's what it is to taste the Lord. That's what's available for you this morning. Lord, thank you that, that you are real.